Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is adopting AI for customer service. And our guest for today's show is Mark Gay, who is the Chief Information Officer with QBE Insurance Australia Pacific. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you. You know, the reason I wanted to invite you to this particular segment is AI is all the rage today. And I'm sure you sitting in Australia is also no different than what we do here in the United States or any other part of the world. Everyone is seeing that there is a potential that we should harness, the opportunity that we need to maximize when it comes to AI. And when you talk about customers, whosoever we are trying to retain or attract, we want to do that through creating a good service, good experience, and we have to exceed their expectations. So as we talk about that, AI could definitely have an impact. You could have AI-powered people, processes, and tools. And so goal here is to figure out how do we go about the, I would not say the word right way, but maybe the most conducive way in which AI creates the most value, where not just IT is taking responsibility, but the customer service leaders also join hands, and both of them collaborate to make sure AI creates most value for customer service. So that said, the first question I have for you is to essentially to set the stage, what are you seeing as the customer demands and when it comes to customer service, where do you see we are unable to or missing the mark in missing, uh, m- meeting those expectations? Well, you know, I, I think there, there's a couple of things here. I think, you know, for us, you know, customers are demanding two things these days, and that is quality of service but also speed of service. You know, I think when we used to look at um, AI, it used to be very much about how we take costs out of the organization, but... I think more and more AI is, is a tool that's, you know, really positioned to, to drive better customer outcomes for the organisation. You know, insurance is probably one of the last industries to come along the digital journey from my perspective. So our customers, they already have an idea about what good customer experience is. They've already experienced, you know, AI kind of outcomes with other organisations, you know, social media, for example, and, and sort of tech companies. But we haven't done a lot um, from an insurance perspective. So... Uh, from our perspective, we're very much looking at it from two aspects. One is, you know, delivering better service and delivering um, speed of service, whether that be when a claim happens uh, to to more from the start of the insurance process when someone actually takes out a policy with us. So if you're looking at the different areas when it comes to uh, customer service, are they coming and telling you something new, more or different because of which you plan on using AI? Or... Is it something your brainchild that, hey, let me play Steve Jobs, let me try to wow them and let me show them what they have never seen before? Where is this so-called pressure or need or demand truly coming from for something which truly can be met using AI? Look, I'd love to sit here and say that it's it's, it's me trying to be Steve Jobs, but it's actually not. I think customer expectations are changing. And they're changing because they're having these better experiences in other organisations, more more digitally technology kind of savvy industries around the world. Um, And they're carrying those expectations across to us. You know, people, when they they compare insurers, they're not comparing us against other insurers these days. They're comparing us against experiences they have in modern, contemporary kind of um, more technology-focused organisations. So... You know, to, to say I'm driving it would be cute, but the reality is it's customer expectations that are driving the need for us to, to look at tools like AI, um, really so that we can drive that better quality of service and better speed of service and, and more accurate outcomes uh, for customers. And when you're looking at specific candidate areas, would you see some more than other which would really significantly benefit from AI either from the delivery efficiency, effectiveness, or innovation? If I were to take these three as buckets, where do you think, which areas are, are, are you looking to tackle? Uh, look, look, I think without a doubt, all areas, but for us, 
we're very much focusing um, our AI efforts on simplifying existing basic repeatable processes for customers. So that the high volume, low value tasks that customers come in every day and, and require us to fill on their behalf, we're looking at AI and how we can actually speed that up in order to focus, I guess, our human capital and our human capacity on the more complex kind of tasks that require um, more in-depth discussion with customers to solve. So, you know, I was recently at an event and we had this discussion. So, so one of the leaders from customer service says, I don't know what you're referring to when it comes to AI. If you say you're going to just automate a, a process which otherwise was not automated and save money there, is that what AI is? Or is it something where I throw a bunch of data to this so-called engine and it makes sense and sends me back some insights? That's AI. What is the semantic when we are using when it comes in context of customer service for us to not overuse this term? So I think it's both, but I think there are two two sections of AI. There's the almost the robotic aspect of AI to actually perform basic, repeatable, well-defined logic tasks for customers. And then there's the machine learning aspect of of AI. Um, Certainly, we have the aspirations of of moving down to that that machine learning path, but we still have a lot of uh, low-hanging fruit in our organisation around basic, repeatable um, automation of tasks for customers. And and the key challenge that that we have is is working out what, what of those tasks require an AI layer to solve or which just require a clean-up at our back end in the first instance to simplify the process and then put AI over the top to get that final bit of value out of it. So I think there are, there are lots of aspects to this journey, and I think it's really important for organisations to really understand where they want to get to and exactly what stage of the journey they're currently at and what makes sense for them to take on. So would you say that when we are looking at customer experience, because that's the context that we are referring to uh, today, if I were to automate something, am I automating to reduce human errors, which will add to the, incrementally add to the customer experiences? That's why I am in customer experience context thinking AI, or is it more that I could figure out a unique way to make sense of some random or rather unstructured data that otherwise ignored and then turn it around and use that as an insight to do something different with this customer and pleasantly surprise them and delight them. I know the intent would be the latter. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, look, I think the the answer is both, but it depends what organization uh, you're in. I think that the wrong answer is to use these tools to just simply rip costs out of an organisation. Um, from from our perspective at CBA, we're using these tools to design better customer outcomes. And, and better customer outcomes, in our mind, mean you know the better quality of service, the better speed of service, and better decisioning um, from our aspect. Um, and I think if you design the implementation of AI from that perspective and put the customer at the centre, you'll ultimately deliver the most value. Where I've seen it go wrong is where organisations put these, these tools and these platforms in place purely from, to reduce, reduce the cost of serve. Now, my, our view is very much that if you solve the other problem, the customer problem, you will actually um, reduce the cost of serve over time. So whenever we take on any technology and look at a business function which we want to optimise using the technology, we always would want to do a math for creating a business case and then somehow create an ROI formula for it to be sustained over a period of time so that we really reap the full benefit of infusion of that technology. So come customer experience, do you think we have a holy grail which we want to reach and we are confident that when I'm going to put AI to task, it will help us get there and do we have quantitative measures in both areas so that someone can say, yes, I was successful. Others say, no, the work is in progress, but I know I can get there. Now, the, word, the definition of there means you have to define it. 
So do we are we clear Look, on what um, we are putting in as costs, and what do we know? What's the outcome? The result is also quantified. Quantified. Look, we're clear at QBE what that journey is, and I think it's really important to make sure that um, you have a whole executive team galvanised behind the reasons why you're doing AI. Um, you know, for some organisations, they may choose to do it purely as, as a cost out, and that's a very, very easy measure. But I think the the bolder organisations, and certainly the path we're taking, is, is one of customer experience, and it's a much harder one to measure. It's, it's a much harder one to retain. You know that galvanised support across the entire entire executive team for, because the results take a lot longer to actually deliver economic value for. But um, we we firmly believe that you know if you can get great customer outcomes, if you can put some measures around that, um, and you can stay true to that course, that the economic value will will be delivered out the other end. When you've gone, in fact, we, to... we go as far as to say that if you don't if you don't do that, you know, organisations that don't put the customer first. You know, we just don't think we'll be around for long, long term. And you're 100% right that we have to put the customer first. So when you, as a technology leader, maybe your customer experience counterpart, the customer service counterpart, you together join hands and go into the CEO's room or CFO's room, what's your conversation? Hey, there is this new QL technology, which I'm going to apply, and I'm going to show you miracles, or you take a very quantifiable business case, which is agreed upon, or you say, give me some money for the sandbox. We want to experiment because we feel there is potential. Where are you at this stage? Well, for, well, for starters, you know, we don't take a conversation to the CEO talking about um, type of technology. We, we take a conversation to the CEO talking about what we want to be known for when it comes to customer experience in the organization. Uh, we then talk about how you know changes in business process, changes in um, and implementations of technology can actually step us towards that that outcome, um, and then we absolutely sandbox it. So I'm a massive fan of um, proof of concept, piloting, making sure that you get very comfortable with you know small incremental change of the value that it delivers. But you know you have to keep you have to keep the entire organisation focused on what um, you want to be known for in the marketplace from a customer experience. And I think if you stay true to that, the rest just becomes a whole bunch of small, small mechanical moves that you make along that journey. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the very obvious first stumbling block that companies have faced where AI is perceived as a job displacement threat. And if we want AI to be tackled before it becomes autonomous and we don't need people, we will need people to get this going. And if the very people who we are inviting to join in this innovation and, and testing out this new technology type journey, they're the ones who are threatened. So how does one go about painting the vision behind use of AI and how do you carry that sentiment, keep people, you know, work on making people feel safe that it is not about displacing them, it is about moving the organization forward, and there is also something positive in all this for them. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? 
Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Mark, as you know, people are the biggest challenge. I would not say they're also the asset, but managing them or leading them is also the biggest challenge, and especially when you send a message directly or indirectly that their uh, survival is at is, is threatened or is at stake. So AI is seen as a job displacement threat, and you want them to come along with you in this journey. How are you making it happen? How does any company make it happen? Look, I think this, this challenge has been around for a very long time in technology. You know, the, the workforce that you need today is always going to be different to the workforce that you need tomorrow when you, after you've implemented technology. And, and I don't see AI being fundamentally different to that. Um, from my perspective, and certainly from, from that perspective of QBE, AI is not here to take jobs away from people but it is going to change the types of jobs. And the kind of jobs that we're going to require people to do in the future are much more further up the value chain that require that level of human interpretation and context and decisioning that, that only people can actually make at this point. Um, whereas AI is, is being brought into to fulfil many of those sort of repeatable, simple customer tasks that require that speed and accuracy that I spoke about before. Um, that's very easy to say. Um, but the reality is that there's a huge change management aspect that needs to be driven across the organisation to get people comfortable with that. And I think the way to do it, and the way we're doing it at QBE, is to do that incrementally. So rather than coming in and saying, you know, today we don't have AI, tomorrow we have it, and your jobs have changed, it's about doing that proof of concept, piling the technologies in various areas, and slowly shifting that workforce from what it is today to what it is in the future and getting people comfortable um, and feeling safe with, with that journey that you're on. And so is there any specific tactic or words of wisdom or words of encouragement which have swayed people or given them the assurance that we are all in it together and we are not out there to use AI to essentially reduce the workforce? Has anything specifically worked uh, for you? I think... I think the word safety means a lot to me. So I make people feel safe that, you know, what, what journey you're on. So that, that absolute transparent uh, level of communication with staff. I think the other thing that, that, that we've learned is, is to really make heroes of the people that have made that transition. So the people that have, that have landed in much more meaningful jobs, doing much more interesting things, further up the value chain, make sure that those stories and those individuals are really, really visible. So you haven't just given the folk on the, on the front line a level of safety, but you've actually given them the role models and the aspirations to work towards as an organization. So let's talk about, so once suppose the people are willing to come on board or at least stay on board as you're going through this journey, just slapping a tool may not be the right approach because there are some underlying processes and workflows you have to rethink and reset. What are, number one, some of the places in the context of customer service where such processes and uh, workflows ha- are, are the biggest or the first candidates we should go about tackling? And what is, what is the type of change management we have to do there? Because, again, like people like their jobs, they also like what they do, and they don't want to change. So there is inertia. They don't want to shift what but- they do. Yeah, no, look, that, that's true. Um, I, I think this sort of goes back to a more fundamental question, and, and that is understanding what processes and, and what, um, you know, areas actually require AI and which ones require some basic process cleanup ahead of that. So you can put a layer of, of artificial intelligence across a whole mess, and that, that will certainly yield um, some, some short-term outcomes. Um, and in some cases, may make sense to do for the long term as well. But for us, it, it's really about um, having the courage to go in and look at the way our customer processes work today, look at the complexity of some of these processes, and really look at 
how we can lean those processes out in the first instance um, to ensure that, that that AI layer that we put over the top is operating in the most simplistic form possible. So from my perspective, you know, the, the, the first job is to absolutely go in and, and, and lean out um, the process, which requires humans. You know, you've got to design uh, those processes from the customer's perspective and really question each step of the process and does it actually add value um, to the organisation. Once you've completed leaning out that process, you then um, put the AI layer over the top to really extract the value out of it in terms of speed, accuracy, um, particularly when it comes to decision-making tasks across the, the organisation. Um, change, change management is huge. Uh, I've spoken about that a couple of times and, and I think... Um, making sure that you're transparent about that, that journey of lean and then artificial intelligence and why you're doing it with the customer in mind. But that has, I think, a huge um, cultural value to the organisation. When, when the whole organisation can see you repeatedly design and implement these, these um, platforms and, and approaches with the customer in mind, it almost gives them permission every day to make decisions with the customer in mind as opposed to make decisions because that's what the process all the, all the business rules actually tell them to do. And talk about the type of specific areas that you've seen are the top candidates. So when you went about your journey, um, did you specifically pick the low-hanging fruits, any specific ones which look like, okay, this is where our traditional methods of tackling customer experience was, okay, it was working, but in this AI realm, we got to fundamentally rethink it or at least tweak it at the very minimum? Yeah, yeah without a doubt. So, you know, and, and again, it starts by thinking about looking from the outside in at the organisation and what are the key touch points from a customer that drive pain? Um, you know, customers really only speak to insurance companies at two points and that is when they, they need a policy um, and when they're making a claim. Um, and the claim is, is a really, really important um, truth point insurance companies because customers are generally happy when they're taking out a policy. They may not want to pay for it, but they're, but they're having a, you know, a happy process because they haven't had an incident. But when a customer's calling in to make a claim, they've had some kind of crisis in their life. Um, and their tolerance for poor performance at that point is, is really, really low. So we certainly look at it from that perspective about how we can um, you know, speed up uh, and make more accurate um, and better decisioning and that, that aspect of, of the customer journey is, is really important to us. And besides change management or dealing with the people side, are there any other inherent challenges that is to change the way uh, an otherwise non-AI operation used to run, making it AI conducive? Did you find any snags that you were hitting? I think the thing for me... With, with AI, and the, we haven't hit so much as a snag, but it's something that keeps us awake at night, is to make sure that you don't lose sight of the logic that sits within AI. So there's a temptation to black box this stuff and, and just put some kind of artificial intelligence layer over the way things work today. Um, you can't fall into the trap of losing ownership of the business rules around that because, you know, if you get those business rules wrong... All you do up is speed up. All you do is speed up really bad business decisions and bad customer experience. So, making sure that you equip, you know, frontline staff and the organisation with that that deep knowledge and have them feel empowered um, around the rules that sit within the AI engine is really, really important and, and quite a change management aspect in itself. So, coming to the kind of tools that people are looking at. And AI is, as we, we are looking at, it's the latest fad, or maybe it is a reality which we are all trying to come to terms with. A lot of tools, every day new are launched. What do you do to make sense of the specs that you need to use to evaluate these tools? Because you could go all over the place with AI, and when it comes to customer service... Yep. You could also have a ton of different options. What, what, what's your formula for evaluation? <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish I had a formula on this one. This, this one really is um, one of the tough ones, and particularly the CIO. It's really hard to understand um, this process of tool selection. 
um, from, from a couple of aspects. One, it, it's really important to understand whether or not you're looking at a tool which is truly industrial in its, in its strength. Um, and it's really important to understand that you're not embedding yourself too deep in some proprietary tool set which locks you into a whole other problem um, over time. Um, there, there are a number of factors that, that we, we kind of um, look at when it comes to tool selection. And the, the first one is, is uh, we don't follow what, what everyone else is doing. So we, we try and stay away from, from the hype and we try and put in tools that, that actually make sense uh, to solve the, the business process um, that we're actually trying to solve at the time. Um, and that really comes down to, again, understanding what problem you're solving from a customer perspective um, and which tool can best fit um, to that solution. Um, it, is, it is a massive challenge. The other challenge that you have is you know, whether or not you go for one tool across the entire organisation or whether or not you go for a selection of tools across the organisation to distribute that risk um, from a tech perspective, which, which can actually um, make the change management aspect much harder across the organisation as well. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back and talk about the different aspects of ownership. Because AI, yes, it's a technology. It could actually be used in many departments throughout organization. It could become the very DNA. But still, it is very new. Even IT leaders cannot claim expertise that they get it. And business leaders are supposed to take ownership, ideally, but they don't get it either. So then who takes the ownership? Who goes about spearheading this initiative? And who eventually takes responsibility whether or not it works out, whether or not it creates the most value? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Mark, when we, when we talk about ownership and leading and spearheading such initiatives, you would ideally like to have people who get it. And yes, IT may have a leg up because they have been toying with this a little bit, but no one can claim expertise. How do you go about inviting something like this in context of customer service without IT knowing fully well that, yes, they can nail this? Would you rather have the buck stop at customer service and because of that, they will also support you? Is that a better way of approaching AI to be adopted within customer service? Look, I think IT play, without a doubt, play a very pivotal role in, in, in AI. Um, I think to, to claim that IT own it would be really naive. I, I think that, you know, we certainly understand that how to bolt things together in technology, but 
we don't um, always understand customer experience um, and we certainly don't understand, in all cases, the long-term business strategy. I think that, you know, for AI to be an effective strategy for an organisation, it has to be CEO-led. That doesn't mean they program manage it, but it has to be... You have to have a CEO with a fire in their belly about the value that that AI can, can deliver. And the reason it needs to come from the CEO is because it requires change across all aspects of the organisation to be successful. It's not just a technology play. It's not just a customer service play. It requires um, extraordinary um, amounts of data and analytics to to automate those decisions and to make accurate decisions. Um, And it requires the backing of someone like a CFO. You know, if you you set out on this journey to, to solve, you know, customer problems better um, with the belief that it would deliver long-term profitability, you need to have a CFO that's willing to take that leap with you. So for me, you know, if, if your CEO doesn't believe in this and if the whole executive team don't believe in this, it's going to be a, a path fraught with danger. So my role as CIO is to certainly bring thinking to the table, to bring tooling to the table, to bring change management to the table, but... Um, culturally, um, AI needs to sit with the executive team and the CEO to be successful in the organization. And so, yeah, we could we could definitely, and in fact, what you're saying is right, that, okay, the sponsorship and ultimate ownership should stay with them. When it comes to adopting it for a given business function, like in this case, we're talking about customer service, what level of ownership should the customer service leader take because they understand that it is going to somehow impact their function and also they're the ones if not providing the full support and understanding and collaboration and support AI will not help and money might go to waste so is there some sort of a partial ownership attributed to customer service or they they could just kind of say okay give it to me or else I really don't care is that what happens? <laughs> no, they need to care. Um, you know, and I think it depends. You know, AI performs roles across the entire organisation. Even in our finance function, it performs roles. But certainly, as I said, it needs to start at the top. But then when you come to the various implementations of AI, um, it needs to sit with who owns that customer. Um, you know, I keep harking on about the fact that um, it needs to, needs to happen with the customer um, at the front and centre of the design, and therefore the sponsor or the owner of that customer needs to own the specific AI implementation for that area. So in the case of us for insurance, uh, if we're doing doing an AI implementation around underwriting or credit, uh, for example, um, the owner of the customer in that case needs to be the sponsor and needs to own that outcome for the customer first and foremost. So in our case, we, we have certainly... Uh, overall sponsorship at a cultural level from the CEO and the executive team. But as we look at various implementations across the board, the owner of the customer for that particular implementation needs to be the sponsor, uh, with the CIO sitting right beside them in all cases. So if you are looking at the collaboration, so one is the ownership part, which which all entities would you say have to collaborate? Is it at the top, you will just get the sponsorship. That's great. IT will come and perhaps provide you the plumbing, right? Or create the systems or apps yep. or do that part. Who else needs to come together? Like customer service is there. What does that group look like? Yeah, so- what does that steering committee look like? So if we look at a, a simple impl- implementation around a customer service process um, in QBE, uh, we would have a number of groups collaborating. First and foremost, we have a, a transformation committee in place. And that transformation committee is, is driving incremental transformation in various parts of the organisation to get us to what we think is, is a better QBE and a, and a better customer uh, operation uh, down the track. But in each of those subcommittees, in each of those task forces, we have um, a data and analytics presence. We have, obviously, the transformation presence. We have a technology presence, and we have the owner of the customer. So we've got someone there that's working as a customer advocate um, in those discussions. 
we've got some on there from, from the data and analytics, which is making sure we've got the basic inputs to any artificial intelligence platform in a timely and accurate way. Um, and you've got myself from an engineering perspective to make sure it all bolts together, uh, and then the transformation team, which are program managing and making sure everything lines up. So, you know, you, you certainly can't do this with one particular function. You need an across-the-board approach to, to driving a sustainable outcome. You could probably drive a quicker outcome with one particular function, but it wouldn't be sustainable. So when you uh, pitch an application or a change, while I know that as change management, you want to get customer service people to move from their current status quo position, there will there will be some management required. That's understandable. But even when you they are willing partners for you, what you suggest that these are the ways AI enabled customer service is going to run. What more education or collaboration do they need before it will start happening in the way it should happen? I think that if you wait until you get into the execution phase, which is kind of what we're talking about here, before you start that education, you'll fail. I think um, that the customer service rep needs to absolutely believe in the value of what artificial intelligence can do for their customer and needs to play a leading role in that conversation. So they certainly look to me on how it gets engineered to make sure that it bolts together and it's sustainable and it works. But... Um, if we get to a point that we're in to an execution phase and I'm explaining to the customer service representative the value, um, we've probably got the wrong person in the room. Um, we need to have that person being an absolute, absolute advocate for the customer, an absolute advocate for the value that this, this approach can actually drive. Um, and it's too late to start that change journey once, once you're in execution phase. So you're saying if we start the conversation earlier, these guys will come on the same page and they will start cooperating, right? So I totally get that. Now, next step is to have them change things and also, in a way, not just take orders. Customer service leaders or staff should not just take orders, but actually come back and say, you know what? How about this idea or this idea? So do you think... Is it a function of the way we tackle it is when customer service is going to almost try to lead it to where it could go? Or is it IT's job to somehow figure out how customer service could best work and lead customer service to adopt AI? I think it comes back to one of the very early questions about, you know, what is the workforce that you need prior to AI and what you need a post-AI? And you know, organisations that are on the, the AI journey need to make sure that the leaders of their customer functions truly understand the value and, and, and get the value that AI can deliver and become leaders in, in, in that transformation. Now, we can't expect them to be engineering experts and to be technical experts and be doing platform selections and bolting it all together. That, that's my job. But we absolutely need to have people in those roles that, um, can transition to that new way of thinking um, or can or, or bring those people in that have that new way of thinking to drive the transition because if, if technology and data analytics try and drive customer outcomes without that, we'll get it wrong. We'll absolutely get it wrong. It has to start with whoever owns the customer driving outcomes for the customer. If we do it at the back office, we'll drive it purely from an efficiency point of view and it won't yield the outcome or the true value that, the, that AI can, can deliver. Customer service culture, because while we discussed about other things, and in fact you alluded to that, is that sentiment that should prevail. So customer service doing its job, yes, it'll cooperate. IT doing its job will create the plumbing. But customer service is not about slapping a tool. It is about every touch point is seen with that sentiment. So what does it take for an organization before applying AI to take it to the potential to the fullest to develop a customer service culture, which may not be a CIO's responsibility, but it also should span and transcend your organization and all others for customer service empowered or enabled by AI will really deliver? This is, this is an enormous cultural change for organizations, particularly um, 
older type organisations like like insurance businesses. I think you know the tech companies, the Amazons, the Apples, they, they do this stuff kind of really well. And we've been having a conversation with people around, you know, when when customers compare us these days, they're not comparing us to other insurers; they're comparing us to the experience they're getting with other organisations, which which are frankly better at this stuff than than most financial services companies. So we're trying to change the thinking on on what is good customer service, um, and trying to change the thinking that you know your, your customer service is only as good as the worst customer experience that you give. So you know, drilling down on customer complaints, looking at outliers from a servicing perspective, and making sure that you resolve those um, are really really important. And then getting that support from the customer service team to drive out variation across the customer service life cycle is key. Um, you know, certainly at QBE, we, we, we understand that. We, we're not there. It's a journey, and I think any, any organisation to say they were there would be, would be misleading. I think everyone's on a journey. But we think that the key to driving out variation is through the use of this kind of technology if it's implemented the right way. So that, that's the kind of culture and the approach that we've got in place as an organisation that we're working on. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back, and let's talk about the ethical and the privacy concerns people are raising, which comes to AI, and it's not only limited to customer service, but still we are talking AI, and customer service is touching the customer, and they could be the ones who could be most vocal about the ethical and the privacy concerns. So what are those concerns that are being raised how are organizations making sure that before AI is adopted or even while AI is adopted, we have some good plans to tackle these concerns and not just concerns. If anything like this is happening, we have a, a process to address them. What is going on today in, in, in different companies with this in this regard? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Ethical and privacy concerns. Mark, this is always going to be a concern and we have to keep at it. We have to communicate and we have to show that we are ready to tackle whenever these surface. And when it comes to customer service, that is the customer we have to make sure they never are thinking that their data or their information is going to be misused. How is this being addressed? Uh, look, uh, regulatory compliance, ethical um, concerns are enormous uh, for, for any kind of financial service or any kind of organization these days, but particularly financial, financial services are so heavily regulated. Um, I think it's it's simpler to solve than, than, than we think. And 
And if you design, if, if, if you genuinely stay true to your, your principle of designing everything for the customer and designing things which are good for the customer, most of this stuff falls into place. Um, you know, the, the, reg, the regulatory and the compliance frameworks that, that we have to adhere to are really set out to protect the industry and to protect the customer. Um, and if you're doing the right thing by the customer, most of the time, you're going to fall within that framework. Now, you need to keep an eye on the framework and obviously make sure that you stay absolutely true to that. Um, but if you start off designing this stuff purely from a how do we make it more efficient for our organisation, I guarantee that you will get tangled up in stuff that doesn't make sense from a regulatory or compliance perspective. But if you do it from the customer from the outset, you end up with a small residual amount of tweaking that needs to be done to bring, bring it in line. So you know, we, we take it really um, seriously. We think that you know, making sure that you um, get the, the use of data and, and algorithms implemented in, a, um, in an ethical um, approach is really, really important to the organisation. Um, we think that making sure that you retain the, the right level of privacy around data is, is obviously um, super important. But I think the big thing is, is something you know that I said earlier on, and that is making sure that um, you don't lose sight of what's actually happening within these rules engines. So you know, my, my biggest sort of fear is you, you implement these, these platforms, it becomes a bit of a black box, and you end up with key business process owners around the place that have lost sight of what's actually going on in that engine, and then you make a change somewhere else, and there's a downstream impact which exposes some kind of issue uh, in here. So uh, we're putting a big effort um, in, across our organisation to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of sticking this into a machine, sticking it into a black box, and having a set-and-forget mentality. We still need to know what's going on in there, and we still need to make sure that it's uh, not only doing the right thing for the customer, and staying true to our original intent, but that you know, re- remaining within the compliance and regulatory framework that, that we operate within. Security. It may not be a concern outside, or it could be, but it's also a genuine, legitimate concern for organizations with or without AI, and AI just compounds this problem. What's your plan? Well, <laughs> security is you know, one of the the few things that keeps all CIOs awake at night. And I, and I joke to my team and say, you know, it's a big cyber breach. It's probably one of the few things I can be fired for without any paperwork at all. So, you know, security is probably the, the highest growth function of, of my technology team. We've, we've probably quadrupled the size of our security team over the last uh, two years. Um, and I don't see that stopping because, as you said, so much of... Um, uh, or there's such a requirement to make sure that this stuff is secure even more as you automate it. So, you know, it's a great example of, you know, the, the workforce of the future and the types of roles we're going to shift as, as we pull out some of these more manual processing human roles, we're certainly going to see them pop up, not just in the higher value chain from, from a customer perspective, but in back office, cyber security, risk management, those kind of roles across the organisation. So, now we take it really seriously. We 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 don't just take it seriously from policy and a tooling perspective, but we regularly um, uh, try and break the systems and, and pay organisations to try and break them to, to make sure that we're operating within what we think is a, is, is, is an, an appropriate risk tolerance from a cyber perspective. One final question about the leadership style. So, customer service, of course, requires. Uh, a certain way, you know, the team works and the way they deliver value. They, behind the scenes, have to collaborate with you and, I'm sure, other business functions to make sure customer service works well. So, including IT, because of AI, is something where you are joined at the hip as well. What would you say would be the mindset and the leadership style you and the corresponding customer service leadership have to embrace for AI to be best adopted and for, for the customer service group and it should and, and the way it's adopted, it should create the most value. What would you change in your I style think, given that there is AI now? I think one of the most important um, 
cultural aspects or, or leadership styles that, that's required in an organisation heading down that path is, is one of entrepreneurship. Um, and entrepreneurship is an interesting word because it's not just about you know, starting up businesses, but, but you look at the way entrepreneurs work and, and they take lots and lots of incremental change um, or innovation to, to drive change across their organisation. Um, they're risk takers, but it's, it's small risks, um, and they're present. So for me, as CIO, it, it's really about um, coming to the table with a, a can-do entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it's about encouraging you know, proof of concepts, pilots, and, and small incremental risks rather than big bang um, change programs across the organisation. And it's about being present. And I, and I think the, the present bit is, is so important because when you're asking staff to take a risk and to change the way they work today and to go into uncertain areas, they need to know that they've got safety. And, and that safety comes from a leader who's physically present but has also got that entrepreneurial mindset where they say, we're going to take lots of small risks and some of them aren't going to work. Um, that's okay. We can pivot and take the next one. So... They're probably the key attributes that I see um, are required to, to give organisations the courage to, to take on any kind of change of, of this style. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your thoughts on how to effectively adopt AI for customer experience. Thanks so much. Thank you. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry.